All right, let's get ready for our word today. Uh, obviously, today is a little bit different when half of Australia is burning. It's a pretty somber, sober moment, isn't it? I don't know whether you guys have been keeping up with the news. I've had um, ABC News on constantly, keeping in touch. As I mentioned, I think I mentioned it last week, uh, I volunteer as a chaplain and I've been into, I went into the fire zone after Black Saturday and uh, it's, it's devastating to see the, the, what happens to people and people's livelihoods and their things that are happening in their lives and just the fear that it strikes in their hearts. And so I want to keep this really short today. I want, to, I want to come from the Word of God, but I want us to be very practical because we have to put our love into action. We have to put our faith into action. Is that right? And um, we're going to be taking up an offering at the end, uh, especially for the bushfire appeal and to really help people. But I want us to open up our Bibles to James 2 uh, this morning. James 2 from verse 14, and I'm going to read. James 2, verse 14. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and any one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. These are really confronting passages that we're reading right now. Verses. Verse 20. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, the faith without works is useless? What, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Father, I just ask you, Lord, to really let this word settle in our hearts today and I ask that you would speak to us very clearly and uh, help us to be a practical people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so saying, we can see here the saying that we believe isn't enough. Even the demons believe. And I remember hearing this verse when I was a brand new Christian that the demons believe and even they, they tremble. And so when I look at what uh, commentaries say, one of them says this, Gordon Fee says this, the point that James is driving home is that a Christian creed without corresponding Christian conduct will save neither devil nor man. And William Tyndale says, the devil believes that Christ died, but not that he died for his sins. You see, the faith that God calls us to and the works that God calls us to is a living faith. It's an active faith. It's a doing faith. It's a river flowing out of us kind of faith. It's a powerful thing that demonstrates the fact that we have faith in God. And so it needs to affect us at every level, in every way. And in fact, when we read, uh, you know, last year when we did the anointing series, we talked about out of Hebrews 6 verse 1, the very, one of the very foundational 
principles or the elementary teaching of Christ. It says in Hebrews 6 verse 1, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So we know that faith towards God is the foundation, is the bed that we, the bedrock of our faith. It's the ground that we stand on. And so we have to be people that live out of that place. And so there's a difference between dead works that have no faith, that is only attached to striving, to works that flow out like a river from a position of faith. You know, we're told that we can't get saved by our works. We can't please God by the things that we do. We can only get saved by loving him and receiving him. But then once we have faith in him and we have trust in him, then there needs to be an outflow of works that demonstrates that we have faith in God. It's interesting that in verse 17 it says it's not dead works, but it's rather dead faith. Verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So it's really interesting. He's contrasting the whole thing here. And he's saying that faith, if you just say, I believe and have faith standing by itself, well, the point that he's making, he's saying, hey, even the demons have faith. Even the demons believe that in Jesus, they believe that he died on the cross. So faith in and of itself is not enough. But he's saying that if we want to have a living faith, if we want to have a working faith, then there needs to be a stepping out in that faith. And there needs to be works with it. Okay, it's very interesting when we hear that word works, you know, we, we always hear you can't get saved, you can't enter into heaven through your works. But this is a different type of works here. This is a works that displays and demonstrates who we believe in. And so it is dead faith when it just stands alone because there's nothing to kind of show for it. We don't see people's faith by what they get from God. You know, often I think this uh, 21st, 20th century church likes to make it seem like we can display our great faith by what we can believe for for ourselves. And it's very much a consumer kind of faith. And it's very much a, let me take what I can get out of God. And wow, this shows that I'm really blessed by God. But I don't believe that's the kind of faith that God is looking for. I believe it's a, it's a faith, rather than being focused on what we get out of it, it's what we can give from God. It's not what we can get from God that displays the great faith that we have. But it's rather what the river is that's flowing out of us that gives. That's the demonstration of faith. And um, <clears throat> so, how do we give our faith? And I think it's pretty clear in this, this kind of uh, passage that I've just read. There are three different ways that he talks about here. Number one, we can meet the needs of the people around us. And I think this is a demonstrable kind of faith. You know, I talked last week on serving and loving and giving until it hurts us. And we didn't realize that by this Sunday, we, that Australia would be in such a terrible state. It's devastating to watch the news, even to see, you know, perceived lack of leadership on some, in some areas. And uh, just to see, it's hard as the body of Christ and as Christians and as leaders to, to watch what is happening. And yet I believe that as Christians and as people of faith, we need to rally and allow the faith that we have in God to be have an output in the works that we can give. So, number one, we meet the needs of the people around us. In other words, put your money where your mouth is. Let's put our money where our mouth is if we want to be really crass. Um, it's not just religious talk and rhetoric anymore. We have to be real people. We have to be able to, to, be able to give. You know, I think there needs to be a stirring in our hearts 
not just religious talk, not just religious rhetoric, not just whatever, but actually putting our money where our mouth is. Um, <clears throat> Jesus demonstrated this. He says we're not called to, to walk a self-indulgent kind of walk. We're called to serve people. And um, I just think in a moment like this when Australia is really struggling, there are so many ways. You know, I mentioned last week about being a chaplain and I just think there are so many in our church who could step up into that kind of area that could find an expression of giving out. It's an amazing thing to sit with people. Uh, but there are so, it's, it's countless how many ways that we can meet the needs of people. I'm so moved, and I'm sure some of you are so moved as you watch the news, to see people rallying. They're, they're opening up their hotels, they're opening up their homes, they're taking people in, they're, they're leaving notes and saying, just take anything out of my fridge and get, get anything out of, out, of, uh, out of the fridge, use whatever you need. They're, they're donating hay, they're giving hay to the horses, they're looking after animals. There are just so many different expressions of what, the ways people are helping. And I think as Christians, we should be on the forefront of that kind of attitude. Not just when there's an emergency in our nation, but in our lives. And so as we enter into 2020 and as we enter into this new decade, let's really allow God to make us big people, make us really big people. Let's, let's allow God to say, all right, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to serve the needs of people around us. You know, the bushfire emergency will end. That'll, that will end in a month or two or whenever it will end. But this principle is true for our lives until the day we die. There are always needs around us. You know, what's the point of just saying to someone who needs physical and practical help, you know, I'm going to pray for you and just be blessed if we don't put our money where our mouth is. And, um, and it's kind of sad when we, when, we, when we do that as Christians. And we live such prosperous lives. We live such wonderful lives here in Australia. But I believe there's more. I believe there's more. There's nothing like giving. There's nothing like letting the river of God flow out of you. There's nothing like putting yourself in that position of... of of having to meet somebody's need. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago about the man who collapsed on the side of the road and it made us late for our Christmas service and uh, how I prayed for him and prayed for the friends there. Now, I heard news that he actually did pass away, which was really sad and really tragic. But I'm really thankful that, you know, we were able, and, and there were some other pastors there as well. In fact, he was the one that rang me and told me about it that we were there to love and to, to support even his friends who were falling apart on the side of the road. There are opportunities all around us for us to be able to meet the needs of people, to give people a hug, to just be kind to people. And, you know, this, our, our Christian walk cannot all be about doctrine. There has to be an expression of what we believe. All right, number two, what's the second one? We have to be obedient to the sacrificial life that he calls us to. This is also another expression of faith. It's, um, you know, he's talked about, he talked about Abraham and the sacrifice of Abraham, of, sorry, the sacrifice of Isaac was regarded, you can tell I'm tired today, haven't had much sleep. Brahm's not here. He's really very sick and had a temperature 40, was it 39.9 or, yeah, it was pretty high last night. It was pretty bad. So my head's all over the place. There's been a lot of things happening um, so sorry if I sound a bit distracted, but I want to get this point across today. It's so simple. Our lives should be so simple, guys. You know, so we see that the sacrifice of Isaac was regarded as Abraham's greatest trial of faith in which he glorified God. He glorified God. 
And you know, when, what I read out of that is, let's not just be a bunch of hot air. That we say we believe in God, but we're not prepared to step out and sacrifice to our own detriment. You know, let's not just say that we trust God and we believe God when our actions prove that we don't. And I'm preaching this to myself. You know, I'm constantly, constantly presented with situations in my life where my rhetoric or my talk has to be weighed up against how I actually act out my belief system. And that's not easy, is it, for any of us? And here's Abraham, who was asked to do something so dreadful in any one of our thinking uh, that we would think of, and yet he did it in faith, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And so obedience is another way. When God asks us, you know, and on a personal level, to let go of things, to lay things down, or to die to things, to, to just be obedient to the Word of God, that's showing our faith by the works of obedience. You see, we cannot just be a bunch of hot air anymore. We've got to actually uh, do what we say and do what we believe. You know, that's why I think God really hates it when we stand around and argue over meaning, meaningless things. Um, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy 1.3, and it says this, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these. These what? Pure heart, good conscience, and a sincere faith. And they have turned to meaningless talk. Isn't that interesting? When our conscience is seared, when our heart is no longer pure, and when we, when we walk away just from the sincerity of a simple faith, we then turn to something that becomes religious rhetoric. And we just put on a religious cloak that makes us look like we have power, but we actually don't have any power in our lives. And it says they turn to meaningless talk. They want, in other words, they have a motive of self-exaltation. They want to be teachers of the law. So this is Paul here speaking to Timothy. He says, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. You know, it's really simple. When we walk by faith, there needs to be the works of obedience. And just keeping a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere faith. Um, you know, when we talk about serving and giving people, I'll give you a classic example. People just love, sometimes people just love to ramble and be, be controversial when they want to teach and they get caught up in stuff. And a, a classic example is people are sometimes more concerned about arguing, is Christmas a pagan tradition? than just asking a lonely person home for Christmas lunch, for goodness sake. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes people get caught up in these things, caught up in, is this right? You know, is, is tithing right? Is this right? Is, you know, was the world made in seven days? Was it da, da, da? You know what? Let's just be people who live out our faith in a simple way. There are so many questions that we will never have answers to until we get to heaven. But we can right now, right here and now, not get caught up in meaningless talk and meaningless arguments and just live out of a place of faith and give to people around us so we can serve people's needs. We can be obedient in our own lives. So the first one, we see how it affects other people. The second one, we see how it affects ourselves. 
There, there has to be a sense of works displaying what we believe in, in our own lives. That is discipleship. There has to be a display of God at work in our lives. But that takes courage. It takes courage to do that. But what's the third one? The third one is to walk in the fear of God. The third one is about our relationship with God. And I love this story about Rahab because she was a prostitute and she hid spies from Israel in Jericho. And, you know, it says, The king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And if you go back into uh, the story of this, it's, it's amazing because she says, she actually said to these, um, these men in, in Joshua 2 verse 9, she said, I know that the Lord has given you the land. So she makes this stance as somebody who's about, she's part of this city of Jericho that's about to be invaded by the people of God. She's heard about the stories of the, the great things that God has done. In fact, it says, um, I know the Lord has given you the land and that, that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land had melted before you. But then she goes on in verse 11, says, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So, you know, we talked earlier about how the demons believe and they tremble. Well, here's a woman who's saying, I believe, and we all trembled. She's saying we were all trembling. We were, we were terrified, but she went one step further. She acted on that fear of God. And she said, you know what, I'm gonna, uh, the fear of God is greater in me than the fear of the king of Jericho, than the fear of, of, of the rulers of the land that I live in. And she actually acted on behalf of God's people. The incredible thing here is that James is using a, he's using a father of the faith, Abraham, and he's using a prostitute. Not only that, he's using a man and he's using a woman. A female prostitute can't really get much more despised than a female and a prostitute at that or lowered down. So, and yet James is making the point here, you know what? It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's got to do with our works that we step out in in God. And so she demonstrated that. God wants us to be able to see the bigger picture on all things. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share about today. I want us to put our money where our mouth is. I want us to not be a bunch of hot air. And let's be people who fear God. Let's be people who fear God and honor him in everything that we do. And put the fear of him and his perspective. See, the story of Rahab is so beautiful because there she was. She would have been terrified. Not only was she a disdained member of that community, but she would have been very fearful for her life what they could do but she feared God more see this is what faith with works looks like stepping out and actually doing something it'll affect other people it will affect yourself as you walk in obedience and it will affect deeply your responses to God and your relationship with God and that's what we can learn from this particular passage so today this is what we're going to do we're going to be people that that really demonstrate faith with the outworking of our works and a belief in God. Let's be praying. Also, what we're going to do in a minute before we take up the offering, we're going to pray because 
If we pray only, that's like faith without works. If we just give without praying, it's like doing works without faith. Let's do both. Let's express our belief that God can move. We need to pray for rain. We need to pray that the drought will break. We need to pray that there'll be no more loss of life. Yeah? When I uh, was a chaplain on the, um, I went in on the day after, or a couple of days after, uh, is it Black Saturday? Is that what we called it? Um, some of the stories that I heard from the police officers, like it's, it's utterly devastating to be involved in something like this. People are traumatized in so many different ways. Even the, even the first responders and the, the people that are involved. It's very traumatic. I, I remember my adrenaline levels being so high. And even when we went into certain areas, just the, the fear that people were living in, not knowing if they were going to be the next community. And it completely unravels their normal existence. And, you know, it's such a privilege for us to be able to give in any way we can. I love what Michaela just said. There are so many different ways to give. And look, you may not even want to give here today. You might want to find your own uh, appeal and be able to give online uh, financially. But if you can't give financially, you might be able to give blood. You might be able to do, there are so many different ways. You might be able to open up your home um, with the Airbnb open home. So let's be big hearted people. You know, I said last week, let's love until it hurts. Guys, this is what Australia needs. They don't need more rhetoric from us. They don't need more just kind of preaching and we don't need to weaponize our doctrines. We don't need to have all this stuff out there. We just need to be normal human beings filled with the love of God and flowing with the power of God. And let's not be self-centered Christians. The world doesn't need that. The world needs leadership from the church. The world needs to see something so real and so humble and so full of grace. Not preaching at people. You see, what we learn from these things is that our actions speak louder than words. And that's what Rahab kind of demonstrated. And actually, even Abraham, their actions spoke louder than their words. Let's allow our actions to speak louder than our words. So let's, we're going to take up an offering. And then we'll, let, let's do that first. We'll do the offering first. And then we'll spend a few minutes in prayer before we, break, uh, before we close the service. How's that sound? Um, so if I could have the FPOS guys up the front. If we, oh, the buckets are all back out again. And um, if you want to give by FPOS, uh, we'll have our FPOS guys up here. And, um, and then I want us to, to just pray. And uh, we'll just get into groups of, say, two or three people. And just let's pray for our, for our nation. All right. Are we ready? All right. Well, let's get the buckets ready. Don't need any music or anything. Just need faith working in our hearts. Let's just put money in the buckets if we want to give by FPOS. And we'll be doing offerings over, the, um, over these next few weeks, actually. We'll do it for the month of January. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's an amazing feeling to just be able to serve people. You know, we live in such an isolated kind of lifestyle now as Australians, barely knowing our neighbours, barely knowing um, the people on our streets. You know, we live in this self-focused kind of society, don't we? You know, God does, doesn't want us to be people of just short bursts. 
it's not enough for us to say, yeah, and get all excited and say, yes, I'm going to do this. And then we last for about three months or we last for about six months and then we go, oh, I'm bored now. I want to move on to the next thing. That's not an expression of faith. You know, it's being there for the long haul for people. So, all right, well, we're going to pray now. I just get into groups of about two or three and just pray. And that's how we'll end the service. Thank you for coming today. But let's pray in faith. Let's pray for... Well, right now, obviously, let's pray for protection that there are absolutely no more lives lost. I think that's number one, yeah? Number two, let's pray for the rains to come. You know, we, we, need, we need rain in the fire-affected places. So let's pray. Come on, this is where we, we can call on the higher power. We, we can be like Rahab and we can acknowledge that he is in charge of everything. And um, it goes beyond just doing things and serving people. We can actually call and stand on the name of Jesus and call out to our God who can send the rain and look after people. All right? That good, guys? All right. Love you all. Let's just begin to pray. Let's go for it. Get into groups and let's pray.